You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode. I'm solo, but I, and and to be honest, I'm kind of doing a photo taco this week, really. I'm diving into something, and it ended up being super, super technical. And I usually reserve those things for photo taco, but I wanted to, I needed an episode to give on master photography this week. And uh, so I'm going to do it here. So I, I hope everyone's okay with that. I, I think you all are going to be because this is something everybody is going to want to know about. And I'm going to talk about Google Images search and some changes that are coming here in 2020 that you all need to be prepared for. And you have to do some kind of technical stuff to make sure you are. So let's dive into it. What is Google Images Search? Well, you're probably all pretty familiar with it. Um, you've probably seen it yourself. It's probably been like the bane of your existence for some of you listening. It's this search engine that's kind of a subsection of Google Search. If you go to search or uh, images.google.com, then then that uh, will show you the image search engine. And then you can, it, it can be good for photographers because if you like drag and drop your own photo into that URL, a, a box on that URL in your browser, Google is going to do like a reverse image search. It's going to use the image that you uploaded and it's going to search for like other places on the internet where that might show up. And that can be helpful. It can be helpful to like find people who stole your images and are infringing your copyright. And it may also be the source of how people found your image to infringe it in the first place. Um, this is why I say it's like the bane of existence. And some photographers, it's been such a problem that they have taken steps on their website that where their portfolio is or where your, their images are that people can purchase. Uh, they they put what it takes to tell Google not to index that portion of the web so that it these Im their images don't end up in the Google Images search engine and therefore aren't stolen. The, the problem is, um, at least originally, as Google displayed images at, over at Google Images search, they just showed the photos and, and people kind of felt like, especially because it was like so easy to search them and find these images, there it wasn't obvious that these might be images that are not something people can just use. <laughs> and so if you put a high quality image or a high, a fairly high quality image out on the internet, Google indexed the image and, it, and Google has, you know, algorithms to kind of detect what's inside the image so that the search engine can surface images. If someone types in like lonely tree sunset, which is an example I have in the show notes, one of my own images, it's going to show trees in this with the sunset, and it's usually one big tree in the front, and there's images and sunset behind it. It knows enough about the images to be able to kind of figure that out. And if people search by that, it's going to show a bunch of images that qualify. And in, until 2018, it really didn't show anything about like, oh, I want to use this image. How do I find where to do it? I mean, you could click into like the website that Google pulled it from. They made that available, but nobody did that. They just kind of right-clicked on the image there in Google Image Search and did Save As and then went and used the photo however they wanted. So people would watermark sometimes and the watermark would show up, of course, because Google just pulls the image from the website like it is. So if you had a watermark applied, to the image itself, then uh, then it would show that. And, and so people did that. And a lot of stock images, of course, have had to do that just to make sure that people don't steal it this way. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up is Google's making a big change. So they started making some changes back in 2018. They introduced some new features in this Google Images search engine, and they offered image credits. If you had some specific information either embedded in your photo or kind of in the HTML around your photo on your portfolio page in your website, then Google would offer a link that when you clicked on it would be like this pop-up window that would show image credits. It would show like the creator. It would show something they called a credit line and a copyright notice. You could provide those fields and it would show up. And now Google didn't make a huge deal about it. Like you may not have ever heard of this. And so a lot of photographers probably are completely unaware. 
they've changed it even since then. Um, the, the way that this has gone, Google's, I think, trying to make sure that people can get a better idea about an image that needs to be licensed and you can't just take it from Google image search and use it however you want. And so, you know, initially it was that pop-up and nobody clicked on those links. Nobody saw the pop-ups. You probably haven't even seen it either. And so Google has changed it from 2018 till, or, you know, sometime in between then and now to make it so that it's just listed there. And I have an example in the show notes. Again, I, I searched for one of my images that I created a long time ago. There was one from back in 2014, and I had the information embedded in my image on my website enough that um, the search engine just shows the copyright information that came out of the image. And, uh, and it's right there just below it. So that helps a little bit to be able to like make sure people knew there's a copyright owner here. And if you want to use the image, you really need to get with that copyright owner and license the image properly. So what's changing though? Because Google is going to take this even a step further. There's something they're adding and I want to tell you how to do it. It's going to be kind of a long and involved process, but I'm going to have like a really good step-by-step illustrated guide about how photographers can use Lightroom to do this. So what's changing is Google is now going to make it so that as long as they are provided, the search engine is provided information in the right way, they are going to put a licensable badge over the top of images that can be licensed. And I have an example image that Google provided that I'll put in the show notes too. So you can kind of see what it looks like. They they show it on mobile. That's kind of the, the big target they have. And then just below it, there's the kind of a desktop snippet result that they show. And they, they break down like parts of the data that you provide, how it's going to show up in Google image search. So Again, this is still not a technical solution to prevent a person from stealing your images. That that can still happen. They can still really work around kind of any kinds of protections, even if you've got like right-click protection on your website so that people can't right-click and do save as. None of that applies because Google pulls it out. And ultimately, the browser has to get to the image to show it. So there's a way to get it, even if there's that kind of protection in place. So no, this is not a technical way to make it so that they don't steal your image. But it should be good enough to make it so that honest people are going to see the information they're going to see like, this is not a free image. It has this badge. It's really obvious. You're going to need to check it out in the show notes about what it is that it looks like it's licensable. And, and it should be a pretty good deterrent that you don't have to put watermarks over the top of your images as much as long as you have some other technical information embedded inside your image. And I'm going to walk through exactly how to do that. Then... Google's going to show in their search engine like this image is licensable. You can't just take it and steal it. And, and I think it's a really, really good step forward and will help photographers to do this. So I hope all of you are like peaking in interest. <laughs> you really want to know, okay, I'm, I'm on board. I want to make sure that when Google uh, indexes my portfolio website with my heart, the images that it took me forever to be able to build up and create for my portfolio to demonstrate my work and maybe even to sell licenses for my landscape images, whatever it is, you, you want to be on board with that. You want to be able to provide Google the information that they need. All right, so how do we do this? Well, you know, Google is quite literally built on a foundation of bots. These bots that are roaming the internet like every moment of every day. They're scanning the full internet finding content, indexing that content, recognizing what the content is, what it's about, who it can help, what so that when people search, it can surface that content that is very meaningful to them. And of course, that's massively powerful then they can incorporate ads into all of it. And they're just making tons of money from all of that. That means there's not going to be some kind of like registration process. That's not how Google operates. You don't go to a page and like say, here's my image, here's my license information. And so I want you to use that as you display it. Now, it, it means you need to provide this information to the bots that are surfing, you know, going through the internet. And there's like four ways to do it. I'm only going to cover one because the other three, they're all based on HTML. HTML that you have to put around your images on your web page. 
it's uh, not something most photographers know how to do. It's something that you probably, you might want to watch for with whoever's providing your portfolio on your website. If it's not you yourself and a lot of photographers, you know, buy a product that does that, whether it's Zenfolio or SmugMug or whatever it is that you're using Squarespace. There's lots of um, providers that make it like fairly easy for photographers to upload their portfolio. You should look for them to to hopefully come on board and, and make it so that it's like they can do the HTML part of this too. But right now that's probably not there. And I don't think it's as good as this next option. Um, and that's to embed this information inside the metadata of your image. So when you, I don't know if, if you, most photographers know this or not, but when you export an image out of Lightroom or you export, you save an image out of Photoshop into a different format, there's metadata, there's information about the photo that's kind of put in there. Not only the the pixels and what colors they are to make up the whole image, but also and colors and brightness, but also some information about like when was the photo taken, what was the camera that took the photo, and you can strip some of that out. And as you uh, when you export and as you share the image with different social media platforms or websites, they also strip some of that information out. So, um, but I think the reason I'm really excited about this is. It, there's a very simple way to use the tools you're already using to make this so that you you provide Google the information you need. And it might survive. I haven't done the tests yet. That that might be a follow-up episode that where I talk about this. But it might survive something like if you upload your image to Facebook. I'll have to see. I don't know if Facebook is keeping these um, these attributes, this metadata around as you upload your images. But if they did, then that's another good way, like as Google, because Google's indexing, you know, Facebook too, just like everything else. And um, and if they index your image because you did a public post to the internet, then um, then this this data would be in there. And of course, you're never going to control the HTML that is around your image inside of Facebook. Maybe Facebook will decide that they want to do that to help photographers out, but you can't directly influence that. But you can put this data inside your image as metadata. And and make it be there for Google. So let's let's walk through the metadata fields. And again, this is going to sound really technical and complicated as I'm talking through this in audio. Check the show notes. I have so many images to be able to highlight exactly what's going on here. But it comes down to Google says in order for all of this stuff to work, in order to have that get that gain that licensable badge on your images in Google Images search. And have like links. That's the I don't think I described that. They they're also going to like if they click on your image, even though it says licensable, and it kind of like you know expands and shows just your image or some more information about your image and and shows the image a little bigger. It's also going to say this image was created by and put you know whatever you provide and provide a link about how where they can go to license the image make it like much simpler to be able to go and uh, and specify that this is a, an easy thing like if you are interested in this image here's a link right here to make it so you can go and, and license that image all right so the five fields you need five fields to do it I'm, I'm gonna walk through how to do this in Lightroom specific Lightroom classic I don't see a way to do this in Lightroom desktop or the you know the cloudy version of Lightroom um it's only Lightroom Classic that I can see you can do this so um so I'm sorry to the other users who may be uh, or, or other photographers out there that might be using the newer version of Lightroom it's just a, seems like a a functional area they haven't gone to yet in in that version um also note that all of these fields I'm going to talk about are like in exactly the same location and called the same thing in Photoshop and you get to that I'm only going to mention this here everything else is just going to be Lightroom Classic I'm going to talk about it in more detail but you get to that by going into file and then file info inside of Photoshop and it shows you a, a really similar dialog box to what you see in Lightroom so all right let's start with a five field so the first field and these are they're not really they're in an order that IPTC represented them um, I don't know that there's like an importance order here because I think all five are really really important for Google to be able to do all of this so the first one is called the creator field and that's where photographers should provide the value of the creator of the image in most cases it's probably your first and last name 
in some cases, depending on like how it is that the photo was created, this may need to be the name of a company you work for, or like if you're a second shooter for a photography studio and they like they own the copyright to the image, then it might have to be the name of that studio. So you'll you'll have to kind of figure out what it should be as you're working through it. But for most of you, it's probably just your first and last name. And you set this in Lightroom Classic by changing, uh, you, you start off in the library module, and then on the right-hand side of the library module, you can scroll down just a touch, there's a panel called metadata. And you go to that panel, and you're gonna change the panel to um, IPTC. There's like a drop-down box on the left-hand side of that panel. You change it to IP, IPTC, and then you can find a field called creator that is in that box now, that metadata panel. There's a field called creator. And there's a, there's a bunch of others too that you can see there. And you can fill them in if you want to, but the only one Google cares about from that group of fields is the creator field. So you're gonna wanna make sure that you put that in there. And again, that's probably your first and last name. All right, staying in exactly, all of this stuff is in the same metadata panel inside of the, li the library module. The next um, one to, to look for is a field called credit line. And you don't have to change anything else, like you don't, that, that uh, drop down that's to the left of the metadata title of, in the panel, just leave that at IPTC. And then you scroll down to, there's a like a status section of it in there. And there's this field called credit line. And that's not like getting a credit card and having a credit line <laughs> for your credit card. This is like uh, what Google's going to look for to of who it should attribute the photo to. So again, for most photographers, you're probably going to put the name of your photography business in here. This is like the legal owner of the copyright over the um, the field. Well, actually, I guess it's more like you know who who deserves to get the credit for this image and. I want to make a note on this one. Um, it's only, it, in some cases, there's some tools. Now, Google's going to look and, and get the full, like whatever you put in there probably without character limits. But there's some fields that as I tested this, um, this same value got put into a couple of different kinds of fields in the metadata. And one of them was limited to 32 characters. So that's just something to note with the credit line field. If the credit you want to attribute to the photo of who created it, is uh, it was more than 32 characters. You might want to find a way to, to shorten that up a little bit just so that it, it's across the board. Now, Google, like I said, is going to see all of the characters. I don't see any limitation for what Google's going to look at, but there might be some other services out there that look at um, another place that this data goes, and that is limited to 32 characters. Okay, next field is the copyright notice. So this should be the, the field where you're probably gonna have the copyright symbol, you know, that funny little C with a circle around it, followed by the year, followed by your photography business name. I don't know how important it is that that copyright symbol actually be in there, but you may as well put it in because I, I've seen it across, you know, everything. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't, in, well, I'm not sure. I'm not a copyright lawyer, so I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing uh, if you don't happen to have that symbol in there, it's really probably not that big a deal. But this, this should be the information for claiming the intellectual property for the image. Um, who it is that actually owns the copyright over that image. And um, if you want to put the copyright symbol in, I have instructions in the show notes so you don't have to remember this, but on Windows, you hold down the Alt key and you have to type in 0169 on the numeric keypad. I know it's not easy on Windows to do it. On Mac, much easier, you just push Option G and it will it will open it or it'll add that symbol to, uh, to where it is. Um, okay, to set this, in Lightroom. Again, it's the same metadata panel in the library module. It's that same IPTC dropdown, but now you need to scroll down to the section that's, it's a copyright section, and there's a field labeled copyright, and uh, you just put this in there. Now, I also recommend, there's some other fields there. There's like copyright status that I think you should set to copyrighted as a value. There's the rights usage, and I think you should just type in there all rights reserved, um, but Google doesn't care about any of those fields. The only field it's going to be looking at is the one that's called copyright. And I have good examples of what you're looking for in the show notes. So you should head over there for that. All right. Number four, the fourth property that you need. So we, these are all required to make sure Google 
does what it says it's going to as it rolls out these new features in 2020. The next one is called a web statement. And it's really, really weird, but this one is, uh, it's kind of a newer field and IPTC as they defined in uh, these fields are kind of the standards body that governs how these fields work in the metadata for images. Um, they said this one is critical as a field has to exist for that licensable image, licensable badge to show up or be placed over the top of your image inside of Google Images search. So you absolutely want to make sure this one is there. But all of them are really required to make sure that the full functionality of the Google image licensing stuff all works. Um, this field has to be a full and valid URL. So it has to start with https colon slash slash or http colon slash slash you don't have to remember that it's in the show notes of what you got to do but if it doesn't start with that then you're not it's not going to work google is going to ignore this information you're not going to see all this cool licensing info stuff happen i have an example then of what it is that you should look like it's something like https colon slash slash myphotowebsite.com slash license you know something like that and if you haven't created a url yet for this which i hadn't when i started looking this information i was like oh i need to go and add a page to my website that has this information then go create a page that talks about how people can license your images. Um, Google kind of thought that this would be like the actual license terms that this would lead to, but there's no, there's, they're not checking that. They don't, they're not going to go to the site and go to the URL and make sure that this is the terms of the licensing. So in, I just created one URL I'm going to use in multiple places. I would talk about the next field too. Um, that has like, hey, if you want to license an image, I'm really glad you did. I uh, contact me and here's my contact information. And I, you know, give them a few options for how they can contact me so that they can license the the image and we can work through pricing and, you know, stuff like that. So um, if you haven't done that yet, you're going to want to create one of those to be able to use in these images. So to set this field in Lightroom Classic, you're going to leave the drop down yet again on IPTC. Almost all these fields have been around for a little bit. It's just that Google's adding some ma major importance to them. And you've probably never really touched this before in Lightroom or Photoshop as you're working on your images. So now you're going to scroll in that same copyright section that you were in just above where there's that copyright field. Down below it just a little bit, there's another one called the copyright info URL. And that is when you fill that in, that goes to this web statement field that IPTC is telling you is really, really important for Google and what it's going to do. Uh, okay, the, the next field is licensor URL. And um, and this is the fifth one. This is the last one. This one also is, is a bit newer. And this is something that is a little more difficult to add to your images. So you're going to want to pay attention or go to the show notes to be able to see what you have to do here. But this one is the critical thing that's going to trigger Google to display uh, some, some wording that says something like, get this image on and company name and a link into the Google search results preview. So it, it's really going to point to like, hey, if you want to license this image, click on this link to be able to do it. Again, this has to be something that starts with a full URL. It has to be a fully valid URL. Start with HTTPS, colon slash slash, or HTTP, colon slash slash. And um, it can be exactly the same URL. I haven't seen any rules that say it's not, it has to be different from the one before, but it has to exist in both places for Google to do its thing and really show all this cool licensing information in their search results. So to do this in Lightroom Classic, you now have to change that dropdown that's just to the left of the metadata panel. You have to change it to be IPTC extension. And then you're gonna roll, scroll down to the rights section. And in there, there's a, there's a part of the rights section that has licensor and there's like a dash next to it. There's no licensors. You can, the idea is that this field can contain multiple people, multiple ways that this image can be licensed or multiple sources you can go to for this image to be licensed. I think you're just gonna want one. And the, the thing is different here is with all the other fields I've talked about so far, you just click in the box and type in what you want, hit enter, and it'll, it puts it into that field. What is different here is when you click on the little dash that's next to licensor in the metadata panel of the library module, it like drops down a bunch of fields. And that's because that, again, there's this idea you can have more than one of these. And so it's a way to add a few of them. 
So you're gonna to wanna to fill out the form. You're gonna put in the URL field. Uh, there is a place to put, you, you know, that's where you're gonna put this licensor URL. And again, I think it could be the same URL that you have back to your website that talks about how you, how they can get in touch with you to license the image. So you put that in there and then you have to click add. While you're there, I think you may as well put like your name in there. You may as well put in your email in there. You may as well put in something probably like your phone. Um, if you're comfortable with it or, you, or matters to you, it probably doesn't matter to anyone else. You can put in your address and I'm not sure I'd recommend that, but you, you can put other information in there too. But you hit the add button and then it adds that one bit of licensor information. You can actually do it again after that and add some more, but that's all you need to do is do it the one time. All right, so those are the five fields. Those are the five things you need to do in Lightroom. And you can do it per image if you want to. You can like, as you're getting ready to export an image, you can make sure that this stuff is in there. But I think what you should do is create a metadata preset for Lightroom to make it so much easier to be able to add this information to every single image you import going forward. And there's a way to add it to all the images that are in your catalog that I'll go to in just a second. So as far as making the preset, so you're you're on this image, you just, you just filled out these fields, these five fields, maybe a few others you saw along the way that you wanted to do. And if you wanna now save that information that you just put in on this one image as a preset, you, it's pretty simple. Go back up to the top of the metadata panel in the library module, and just below the title that says metadata, there's something that says preset, and it's probably set to none initially. If you click on the dropdown that says none right now, at, or initially, um, then you're going to see a button that says edit presets, or a menu option that says edit presets. So you're gonna click on that, and you should see a pop-up window that comes up that has a bunch of sections look similar to kind of the fields you just got done creating, populating. And what this what happens here is everything that is that has a checkbox in that dialog that comes up is going to be saved into the preset. And then every time you use the preset, all of these whatever fields you check in the checkbox are gonna be written to the images as you use the preset. So you gotta kinda of be careful here just a little bit because if you fill out, you can totally fill out something like uh, create a date, the date of the photo. You can put in there a date and then if you, you apply this preset to a, fo a photo sometime in the future, the, the exact date that you would put in there would end up being applied to the image and you don't want that. So I suggest you make sure you keep in mind like only check the checkboxes to the right of the fields that are like generic that you could apply to every single photo in your library, I mean, in your catalog and as you go forward as you're importing. Don't check any of them that where it's like, that feels a little too specific to the image and I don't wanna to touch it. I, I hope that makes sense. So I have an image in the show notes where I have the five fields that you need to make sure are checked um, highlighted in these yellow squares. So you go and see what it is you need to make sure is checked. Um, and there's there's some others that you might want to check, um, but but you'll have to make a judgment call on that. Like I mentioned with like the creator fields, you could put in your name and your address and your website, and but Google doesn't care about those. Anyway, go and do that. The one other note I'm going to make is that the IPTC extension rights stuff, and that's where you put in that licensor URL, and it was the weird like add um, dialog in the metadata panel. You're going to want to have that be set to replace as a drop down. It's one of the things that's in this dialog box instead of add. If you make it add, then every time you apply the preset, it's going to add this licensor. And you, like if you did it multiple times for some reason, you'd end up with like two and three, however many times you applied the exact same preset to the, an image, it's gonna continue adding. And there's a reason you might wanna do that, but in this case, as you're creating this preset, I think you just do replace and, uh, and that'll be good. Okay, so there's kind of how you create your preset. Um, when you're done, like you have all the check boxes checked that you want to be in the preset, 
then you go and you hit the done button and it's going to say do you want to save this as a or you know do you want to save it you, you hit the save as button and then you provide a preset name i just named it named it the name of my photography website but you can name it whatever you want you can name it like google license or something like that and then from now now how do you use this preset and that that's the reason i think i i went through the the trouble of having you create it because there's a couple of ways you can use it that's really, really helpful. The, there's kind of two primary ways to be able to use it. And in the second way, you use it a couple times. <laughs> but let's go through it. So the first way and the way I'm going to recommend that you really do this a lot is on import. You can apply a metadata preset to your images on import. So that means now that you've created this that has these really important five, these five really important fields from Google, Every import you do going forward, you can automatically apply all of that licensing information to every photo you import, and then you shouldn't have to worry a whole lot about it from that point on. It's going to end up inside the images as you are working with them, as you export them. And so, so it's really powerful and a great way to be able to apply this licensing information really, really simply. So to do this, what you do is you open up the import dialog box. And on the far on the right hand side, there's a panel there called um, apply during import. And there's a metadata field there with a drop down. That drop down shows all of your metadata presets. And now that you created one, you're going to have a metadata preset that you can choose. You choose it. You do the other import stuff like you're normally used to doing and then do an import. Once you've done at least one import where you selected that, the next time you go into import, it's going to default to being selected. For, so unless you need to change it for some reason, going forward, once you've done it once, once you've done a, a full import one time with these presets applied, it will be there going forward. So you'll be able to do it. And I really recommend that you go and do that. Okay, so that takes care of the images that you're going to add to your catalog going forward. What about all the images that you have that don't have this information in there, most likely? What do you do with those? Can you apply this to all of them? Yes, sort of. Kind. I mean, it's not as simple a process as I hoped. I, I really hoped that there was some kind of like in the metadata menu, some sort of like apply metadata to photos or something like that. But there really isn't. So there's a way to apply it to a single image and I'll walk through that. And then there is a way to sync all of that data to all of the photos in your entire catalog. It's kind of painful. It's kind of long, but it would totally be worth it. So you don't have to worry about this going forward. And anytime you export an image, it's going to have the data there. So I'll walk through how to do that too. But let's start with a single photo first. So in the library module, uh, if you click on an image, whatever it is, you pick one of the images that um, that maybe you never applied it to. On the right-hand side in there, there's that metadata panel. And um, in it, there's a the preset link. And that's like how you, I had you go there to create your preset. Well, it's also how you can apply a preset to a single image. So you pick your image, you find that drop down in uh, under the metadata panel in the library module that says presets or preset. Choose your preset, and then when you do, it will apply whatever metadata is in that preset to that image. Just boom, it's done. And it doesn't take hardly any time at all to do that on a single image. But that doesn't apply, like doing that to your whole catalog is probably not practical. You probably have thousands of photos in your catalog that you need to do this to. So do it on one photo. And then what I want you to do is click on all photographs in the library module. So that's on the left-hand side in the library module. You go and there's under a catalog, there's this thing called all photographs. And it has a number next to it of every, the number of photos that are in your module in your catalog. And so it's going to take a second to, you know, make sure that it shows all photos, but the image that you had selected and the one that you just got done applying your preset to should still be selected. And now what you do is on Windows you'll hit control A and on Mac you'll hit command A to select all images. And that's going to take a second again to do to do that. But now you should be in a place where it's kind of hard to describe this too. You should have 
your film strip view in the library module at the bottom of the screen, you should have the one image that you have applied your preset to where it has embedded in it now all the metadata that you need for these five fields. It's like a brighter white and then all of the other images by it are a slightly darker white or a gray color. Um, and there's there's a lot going into this. I don't want to go through it a ton, but the brightest white border image in the film strip is the most selected photo. That's the one that you just apply changes to. That's going to turn out to be the source of metadata that you're now going to sync to your entire catalog, all the other images that are selected. That's the most selected photo, the, the image that has borders that are kind of not as bright, but still kind of whitish, not, you know, uh, they're slightly darker, but they're not gray. They're not middle gray or, or more to black. They're, they're kind of less bright, but still a brighter gray. <laughs> it's hard to describe in audio. Um, those are going to be the destination of where all the metadata is going to sync to that we're going to do now. So like I said, you can't really apply a preset to your catalog. I wish you could do that, but I don't see a way to, to make that happen. Instead, what we're going to do is use the sync metadata feature in Lightroom Classic. It's been around a long time. And now that you're set up the way that we just described, um, you can just hit that button and now pick the five fields that you want to sync across all those photos. It's not using your preset. It just happens to be the image that you have most selected, the one that's the brightest border around the edges in Lightroom Classic, is the source. And that metadata is listed in the sync metadata dialog box that comes up. So it looks really similar to like the preset metadata preset dialog box that we talked about. It even has the check boxes to the right of the field. But this time what it's showing you is this is the, the metadata that's in the image that you are on that's most selected. It's going to be the source and we're going to sync it to all of the other images that you have selected, which right now should be every image in your catalog. You're going to need to find the five fields that you care about. And you can sync more than that. But just remember, again, you don't want to sync any information here that is specific to an image. You want to this. This needs to be like this is generic information I want applied to every single image in my catalog. At least the five fields that Google cares about you want to have synced. But you may want some of the others too that have like other copyright information and, and good helpful information that other services might look at besides Google. You check the checkboxes of the things that you want to sync from your source image, that most selected image, out to the rest of the images in the catalog. And once you've done that, then you're going to, um, to hit the synchronize button. And it's going to work for a long, long time. Uh, it took me, uh, so I have, I have, um, 118,000 images in my catalog. In fact, when I selected all, as I prepared for this episode, it was 118,399 images that I had in my catalog. And most of mine, I have been applying copyright information, not all five fields, because this is a new thing that Google's saying you need all five fields. So, I, But I've had some. But I wanted to just make sure, yep, I want to tag every single image. I want to embed inside all of them this information. So I did that across those 118,399 images. And it took about 85 minutes, almost an hour and a half for Lightroom to be able to finish that task. I watched the resource utilization. If you listen to Photo Taco much, you know, I, I watched like what's happening on the computer. And this is not a CPU intensive thing. It's not a memory intensive thing. This is a disk intensive thing. So it may go faster if you got like a lot of SSDs that your images are on. Um, it may go a little slower if you've got really slow connected things, especially like a USB 2.0 connected drive. But uh, so your mileage may vary the speed of this. I'm just trying to set the expectation. Like if you have a lot of images, this could take some time. And don't worry, like if Lightroom is taking a long time on this, it shows a status bar as it's working on. So it's not like it just like stops responding and you need to wait. Um, but it's definitely going to act slower. You're not going to want to do this while you want to do other stuff. You're, you're going to want to just let it do its thing for a while while you're syncing this across. All right, so now with all of that, you've now got all of that metadata embedded 
in the files. Well, it's it's actually mostly in the database, but anyway, there's a step you could do to make a cert so that you for sure get it written out of the files, but I'm not going to go through it because I tested it and it doesn't matter as long as you're using Lightroom to export your images and make it so that you have these fields in the result, the images that you're going to put on your website, then that's what we've just done is what matters. Okay, now we have to talk about exporting images from Lightroom because you probably have never really paid attention to the metadata much, or you have paid attention and you just like removed it all when you go and, and set it out there. Maybe you, you don't like want, want your camera settings displayed or uh, or you want to remove like person info and location info from your images, which is totally fine. I, I understand why you may have done that. But now we, we if you want to have these five fields that Google cares about end up in your images that you're going to put up into your portfolio website, then you have to make sure you set the metadata uh, stuff correctly in the export dialog box in Lightroom. And it's a similar thing in Photoshop. You got to make sure that that you choose these kinds of fields there too. All right, so there's a metadata section and I have it highlighted in the show notes about where that is in the export dialog box if you have never really paid attention to this. I think by default, it is all metadata and none of the checkboxes are checked in that section. I tested every single combination of things that were there and it is safe to use every combination that you want except for in the drop-down box of the there's an include drop-down box like I said it defaults to all metadata I think there's two options there that are copyright only and copyright and contact info only at least as of the most current version of Lightroom as I'm recording here in mid-August 2020 those two options cause a problem with these five fields. Um, what, the copyright only takes out all but two of them, and the or sorry, the, the yeah, copyright only takes out all but two, and then the copyright and contact info only takes out all but three. It only has three of the five, so two of the five of the copyright only, and three of the five of the copyright and contact only. So you don't you end up with some of the fields being stripped out, and it's not going to work. For, for this information. So you can't use those two options. Everything else works, including checking the remove person info and the remove location info uh, checkboxes. That, that's all fine. The tags end up in the metadata when you export them. So, and I have, all of this is in the show notes. You don't have to remember all this detail. Just trying to go through it in audio too to, to kind of give you a feel for what you need to do. All right, so now how do you validate things? If you're like, okay, I followed everything Jeff said. I think I got it. But I want to make sure. <laughs> I want to. I want to make sure that that the image, the actual like JPEG file I exported out of Lightroom, where I exported out of Photoshop, or you know, if you're using other editing software, where I have not gone through what you have to do there, and I, I probably won't with something like On One or whatever else you might be using, Luminar. Um, I don't know. I guess if enough of you say that you'd like me to do the same information for that, then then I could look into it. It just takes a lot of time. But uh, it, you know, the majority of our listeners are Lightroom users, and and then the next biggest majority is Photoshop users. So this has you covered for almost all of our listeners. Um, the way there is a fairly simple way to be able to test your JPEG image that you exported out of your editing software. Um, the names that I gave, by the way, if, if your editing software allows you to set metadata information, the fields that they show are probably going to be named something pretty similar to what I just went through. So you might be able to find a field that looks about the same inside of your um, your editor if it's not Photoshop or Lightroom. So the way, but the the tool now that you can use to validate this. It's a free tool. It's, it's browser-based. It's, it's the easiest one, and it's from IPTC. They're a standard body that governs all this stuff, and so they very nicely de developed a tool, a web page you can go to where you can upload your JPEG and uh, see that the metadata is there. And you might want to make sure that this JPEG is like a very low resolution version of the JPEG because they don't care one bit about the quality. All they're looking for is the metadata inside the JPEG. So you could go export, you know, a 20 by 20 of your, of your image because they don't care. And, uh, and then just see that the metadata works. <clears throat> that way you're not giving up a lot of, you know, you're uploading your photo to another website. So you want to be careful with that. All right, so there's a couple of options. There's three options that you can have when you're there. 
option A is to provide a URL. That has to be a URL all the way to an image. And then you, you put that URL in there, you hit a couple of buttons and, and hit go and, and it will tell you, it'll read the metadata from that image and show you if the stuff you have is good. Um, it's a little bit hard to figure out what that is from a lot of portfolio websites. They're trying really hard to mask where you get the photo uh, so that, you know, prevent people from stealing them. So uh, it might be challenging for a lot of photographers to figure that out. It's probably not a very good option for you. Option B is the one that I'll recommend and give you a little more detail on right now as we're talking through this. But, um, it, and, and it's pretty simple. So you, you browse to, you, you, there's a select image file button. You select that button and browse to your image that you've exported out of Lightroom. Then you're gonna leave, I believe it's the default radio button is the first one, but it says um, under what is shown, you choose metadata grouped by technical format standards. And then you choose under the field names show, choose field ID of technical format, which is the second option over. Um, the photo metadata standard names was the default, I think. And if I did that, it didn't really show me any information that mattered for this. And then you just click the get photo metadata of local image. It takes a few seconds as you upload the image and it, it analyzes it. And then if you've got it right, it shows you the fields that are relevant for um, the, shown by search engines. And so I have an example in the show notes of what it looks like when I have one that's right. And they, they list them there, which is gonna be a great way to be able to do like your own research if you need to for um, doing this in something outside of Lightroom or Photoshop. You could go and make guesses on what fields matter and uh, populate them, export your image, then go test it through this tool and see if the fields show up so that you can make sure you've got the right ones. So this is a, it's a really good way to be able to validate it. Um, if you don't want to submit your images to a website, then there is another way, and I'll have the really super geeky nerdy details in the show notes, a utility called Exif tool from Phil Harvey. It's a really good tool, PHP based, that uh, is really, really simple to use if you know how to use a command line utility. And I even have the command that you need to check the five fields that uh, Google is going to be looking for to make sure that it's it's there in your image and an example output file, uh, output of what it is. All right, so there you go. There is how you can make sure you are prepared so that when Google updates Google Images Search in 2020, it was, they say like summer of 2020. I don't see it really happening yet, so I guess it's still summer. We're not quite there. It's going to be rolling out soon, and you're going to want to be ready. Uh, is it enough to be able to go and replace the images you may have in your portfolio already on your website? Maybe. You're going to have to decide, especially if you've done something like blocked Google from indexing your site because you didn't want your images to show up there this could actually change it enough where you you might decide that's actually a benefit now if as long as i can put this metadata in my images and uh and i i have them on my in my portfolio then when google indexes them it's going to be able to show now they'll show up in search engines which is you know helpful people who are searching for images that my images match will will show up to them and now i'll have licensing information right there in front of them about how they can go license the image Sure, yes, people could still steal it, but really, there's not a super, there's not a technical way you can prevent that anyway. If you're going to put it online, no matter where it is or how much you know your your website saying we protect your images, it's still for your browser to show it. It has to be able to pull it, and if a browser can pull it, then anybody can, and they can steal it. So um, this is just, I think, a good way, a good compromise between the two. As long as it can show up and, and have information about how to license it, people can still steal it. But those that are will, even if they knew about the way that you can license it, they're, they're going to steal it. If, if that's what they're after, if that's how they're going to work, then that's what they're going to do. And But the others that are going to stay honest, they this should provide information to make it so that they will uh, attempt to license it. All right, so... There we go. That's that's the end of this super nerdy, geeky episode. You can look for the show notes for this. I will have a link over to I'm going to publish the full guide on Photo Taco. Uh, it just belongs over there rather than the master photography um, show notes. I'll, I'll have a link to it, but uh, the show notes are going to be a lot briefer 
in over at masterphotographypodcast.com. You're going to want to go over to Photo Taco to see it. And I'll, I'll make sure there's links so it's not hard for you to find. But uh, but that's where I'm going to put the full uh, illustrated guide. There's tons and tons of images and text. Everything I've talked about is uh, is ve- should be very understandable and easy to follow when you go over there to see it. Uh, I will remind you that masterphotographypodcast.com is where you can find everything about the show and I, we'd love to have you go and check out all the show notes all the time, at least regularly on the show. Uh, I usually put just the, the show notes there. Um, I just think it's better at Photo Taco for this one. And the Facebook group, Master Photography Podcast. We've had tons of people joining lately. So I'm so glad to have you aboard. Thank you for listening to the show. You do have to answer that question, uh, naming a host of the show to be able to be get, uh, granted um, to join. And uh, still, I've seen way more put it in than not recently. So good job, everyone. <laughs> nice, nice work. Um, but I still have had to reject a few people because they don't put that in. I also want to remind you a rule, and I, I need to go and change this. I had a listener point out recently that it wasn't super clear that when they uh, posted in something to the group, that was a link to a, uh, another tutorial somewhere on the internet, something that you know maybe they liked or was a good example that's not something that we allow either. Um, our hosts may do that. If we really think that it's a valuable resource for the group, we may recommend it. And that way we'll, if you see it from us, you'll know, like we looked at this, we approve of this. It's something that we, we think is very worth sharing. Uh, and maybe I'll give credit to whoever passed it on in the first place, but we, we don't approve links to other tutorials, uh, especially maybe stuff that you've done on your own um, that you are trying to get in front of a large group of audience. That's not what the group is for. This is for learning and growing together and not for, you know, selling your own uh, tutorials. Um, the tutorials will sell will just be from the hosts on the show. I, I, I hope that all makes sense to you about why that would be. Okay, uh, Instagram is there, uh, Master Photography Podcast. You can find that in the show notes. You can find me, jsharmanphotos.com is where I have my work. You can find the other podcast I do, phototacopodcast.com. And uh, man, there's so many things that I want to cover there. If you liked this episode, this is what Photo Taco is like all the time. So you should definitely go and subscribe to that show if this was something that you found helpful. I, I walk through this level of detail on really technical stuff all the time. And uh, you can find my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter connections in the show notes as well. Love to have you there. I share tons of stuff I'm working on as I'm working on it way before I do an episode about it on Twitter, especially. So if you're interested in following the thought and (laughs) processes of Jeff Harmon as he's working through photo stuff, you'll want to follow me on Twitter and go find me there. I appreciate everyone so much for listening. We really value you as listeners. If we didn't have you, we couldn't keep doing this show. So we'd love to have you spread the word, uh, share the podcast with other people who may be interested in improving their photography and getting better. And thank you all so much. We'll see you again in another seven days. 